Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I don't know how I'm going to get through this podcast. Both of the car debates we have are asking for non-German cars. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I have to sit on my hands. I have to do something here to not talk about German cars. I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this whole thing. I mean, next I'm just, 30 I'm or just 40 glad, minutes. What? I'm just glad that the audience can help me challenge you. This is what excites me. <laughs> I don't know I'm what to do. I'm glad that we can grow you and stretch you in the midst of this podcast. No, I, I think it's good because it will get me thinking outside. And I've actually got uh, some thoughts and one car that I have never recommended on the podcast before, which I'm excited to talk about. Oh, really? So Good. starting Excellent. off with, we've got Brandon. He's up in Redmond, Washington, and uh, drives by <laughs> one of these places that uh, you refer to as my random site. So this is Park Place yes. LTD. They're up in Washington. And one of the best. Yeah, yes. one of the best. They've got great stuff, and I always troll their site looking for cool new stuff. And so he drives by Park Place every day and probably looks at fun stuff sitting outside that we all can't afford. Yeah. But, we're, uh, all, we're all drooling. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. So he's up in Redmond, Washington. He's actually writing in, for shopping for a car for his wife, which is really yeah. cool. We've had a few of these. And his emails his email's funny because he's so torn because what his wife needs is so not what he wants and needs. It's a very <laughs> yeah, funny email. Yeah, I can't wait to get to that one. Yeah, this is and it's long, too. Did you notice that? It's really long. It's great. Yeah, cool. it's great. Lots yeah, it's of info there. And, you know, keeping with that theme, the second person writing it is Jordan in Toronto and uh, I, t- Jordan, I have been to Toronto, and I know how to say it because if you're Canadian, you don't say Toronto, you say Toronto. You just let it roll off. And so, yes, I know this <laughs> and uh, glad to help you. But he's got a friend, too, so he's not shopping for himself. And I hope it's yep. not your invisible friend that looks and sounds exactly like you, but it's not really you. So I hope it really is uh, your friend. But it, it does sound like a, a lot of fun, and hopefully we can it, it is. Pick, yeah, pick it's two good there. indirect Indirect shopping things tonight, you're right. And while you pronounce Toronto correctly, I'm sure we'll screw something else up and balance the scales. <laughs> In the sure. meantime, I actually wanted to talk about something random that was brought up to us by, by one of you guys that you actually wrote in and said, so, so explain this to me. And, and, and it was one of those questions that we looked at each other and went, I'd never really thought about that. And the question is, Paul and I individually or collectively will go on and on about the seats in a car. We like these seats. We don't like these seats. These seats are awesome. These are terrible, mm. whatever it is. So this question, it sounds innocuous. And then you start to think about it and go, what do I, how do I describe that? The question is, what makes a good seat? Hmm. What the heck are we talking about? Hmm. So I just, I, I, I like I've been question. pondering this. I've been pondering this because I've had cars, I've actually owned cars with both good and bad seats. So it's got me thinking about what I like. And, you know, right now the FRS, I have to say, and not to go on an FRS party, but the FRS is up there as one of the better cars as far as stock seats are concerned. Yeah. And yeah. in w- without fail, anybody, you know, we talk about putting random people in that car. Anybody that gets in that car, I'm telling you, it's like you could start a stopwatch when they sit down. Somewhere in the first five minutes they'll go, these are really nice seats. Hmm. They may not know the first hmm. thing about seats, but everybody that gets in that car makes a comment about the seats, and they're not that adjustable. I mean, one of the blanket things I'll say about seats is I feel like the more adjustable, the better. But I'm going to break my own rule right away with the FRS and also the Evo, 
The Evo X, the seats in that are spectacular. Now, already I'm tipping my hand. I like aggressively bolstered seats. Yeah, yeah, I I like that. And you know, first of all, obviously they can't be made out of concrete or building materials or PVC pipe or lawn chairs screwed to your car or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, they, they've got to be foam and definitely on the harder side, at least for me. And I've got lots of thoughts mm. about this because, as a matter of fact, uh, we were talking about this with Edgar, and he made a comment I think to you yeah. about um, the Fiesta ST being better for tall people. And I think yeah. not only Edgar, is Edgar, it Edgar, one of our seats, shooters. Yeah, yeah. Not only is it seats, but it's seating position as well. Even though they are independent things. That's a great things, point. That's a great point. Yeah. The the Evo X, uh, the GSR has a not that great seating position, but the seats are great. But it makes the overall driving well, experience not as fun, yeah. not as complete. So yeah, yes. the seat, well, in, in both of them, the GSR and the MR, the thing oh, is the, the MR, MR has got a little bit nicer seats. But but yeah, you, you make I had totally forgotten about that reference, but you're right. That's a great one because you're right. It gets part of the equation really right and part of it really wrong. Mm -hmm. The seats are very well bolstered right there at your hips and right there at your lower back in the great places that really hang on to you. So all you have to worry about is driving. You don't have to, to hold yourself in the seat, which is the reason I like seats like that. However, your seating position, the way your back is in relation to where your legs are, are in front of you, that is very kind of truck-like and upright, and because the, the, the wheel doesn't telescope, you kind of got to pick, at least I do, you've got to pick either are my hands at the right distance or are my legs at the right different distance. I can't have both. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Mm -hmm. Seating position is a huge factor. And, and look, I'll, I'll be honest. Personal size is a big factor because you brought up Edgar. Edgar's our shooter in Los Angeles. He's a fantastic shooter. So yeah, a shout out to you, Edgar, because fantastic. you are underappreciated and underknown by the audience. If you want to see his recent work, watch. Oh, that's kind of uh, why I brought him up because I wanted to talk about him. Give him yeah. a shout out a little and bit. So. Watch the BMW M two thirty five versus S three piece. There's yeah, some amazing shots from Edgar in that. Him. He's a great shooter. He's been with us for a long time. He was in the nine eleven piece and the uh, no not the nine eleven piece. The mid inches of mountains piece yeah. way back. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Edgar is, I'm, I'm guessing here, I don't really know, he's about 5'9", I think. Okay, so he's yeah. significantly shorter than we are, but it's not like Edgar is some tiny guy. It's just we're weird, okay? <laughs> but his comment is that everybody he's heard that really likes the Fiesta ST are really big guys, mm -hmm. and we're among them. Mm -hmm. And here he is going, look, guys, I'm kind of average-sized. And the seating position isn't right for me. And I was I was really glad. I thought it was very astute for him to even bring that up because the seats are pretty good. Even the base seats in that car are pretty good. But the seating position apparently is good for big tree-like people like we are. <laughs> it's not that our knuckles drag on the ground when we walk around. But, yes, we are big guys. I, I think the biggest thing for me is width of seat. And especially on uh, on the spine, the lumbar area going up to my shoulder blades. Because, mm -hmm. and I've also been thinking about this question in terms of your comment about fully adjustable on the BMW side of things, the 18-way power uh, yeah, seats in the BMW in that or Porsches yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever they are, versus mm -hmm. very sculpted but locked down fixed kinds of racing seats like you do find in the mm -hmm. Evo, like you do find in the FRS. That yeah, shape more, is, yeah. both of those, think about these, they're narrower seats. Whereas, honestly, American cars Fair. are also very heavily bolstered. They're just far wider and it's honestly to accommodate yeah, yeah. people it's it's the size of people based on the <laughs> yeah continent yeah, you yeah, live yeah. in and I, I i still think well man there's global supply chains and you know car companies have design studios in just about every continent on the planet 
and they still design for th their sort of home market. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so FRS, yeah. those seats, Good obviously point. it's a smaller car, but I like seats that are narrower, so therefore they hug my my loins and my kidneys a little wow, bit more. Wow, easy there, easy there. <laughs> well, honestly, they, they squish yeah, in and, you. and you're locked down more. And so when we say good seats, yeah. that means we're not sliding around, we're not moving around on a wider seat, even though it's got lots of bolsters or whatever the nice materials are, or if it's mm -hmm. nicely padded, that's well, almost irrelevant. You bring, up, you bring up another good point kind of indirectly, and that is the fact that keep in mind, when we drive these cars, as you know from watching our reviews, we're not going out on a nice freeway blast for 300 miles and just going, yeah, I could hang out in this seat all day. That is a little bit different seating position sure. than you want oh, yeah. for the kind of driving we do, which we want to go out and want to drive these cars hard on a back road. And the last thing you want to do is be gripping the steering wheel to keep yourself in place. <laughs> and with <laughs> yeah. these, the, the Hellcat Charger is a great example. You know, we just had that guy. Yep. With, with a car it's that size. That's actually what I was thinking about. Just thinking about yeah, those yeah, seats, big, how big they big, were. Big, heavily bolstered seats. They, those were incredibly aggressively bolstered seats and the thickness of them when i say thickness in this regard i'm talking about from the front of the seat where your back is to the back of the seat where the person behind you would kick you that seat is probably two or three times thicker than it is in the frs i mean that is an incredibly large seat it's like a couch bolted into the car with big bolsters but yet you're talking about the fact that it's two or three inches wider as a seat than the frs or the yep. evo so yep. who are you in size and and we just happen to be tall guys but i mean I'm going to go off on another tangent, and that is you and I even are built differently. Right. I've got a much longer torso than you do. You can. That's one of the reasons people make, make jokes when they meet us. They're like, oh, Paul's tall too. The reason everybody <laughs> thinks I'm taller than Paul is because if you watch our camera shots, my head is always closer to the ceiling than yours is. Yeah, And it's just always. because my torso's longer. Yep. But we both, thankfully, neither one of us, you know, we have the, the weird hairy one and, and the guy without hair, but neither <laughs> one of us is the fat one. So as a result, as a result, we, we actually like thinner seats. But, you know, who are you and what's your body shape? That has to be taken into consideration here. You get into a Hellcat, and if that seat fits you great, then you're not going to like the Evo. I mean, I'll be honest. But the other thing I think goes unnoticed is under thigh support and that's the thing that porsche mm -hmm. and bmw and volvo all do really yeah. well you can extend that lower part of the seat out underneath your oh, knees right under your it knees. sounds yeah. It, yeah. yeah it sounds weird but if you have long legs the minute you do that it's like okay now i want to drive cross country right right it's uh, it's funny because generally speaking we're talking about performance oriented seats and some of the most comfortable mm -hmm. seats i've mm -hmm. sat in are very close, if not full-on race buckets that are nearly not adjustable at all, but they just somehow they fit. And so I think, okay, mm -hmm. yes, it has a lot to do with the size of person and, you know, car companies yeah. are trying to make a seat that is one size fits all. They really are from a, which is hard, you know, 50th really percentile, hard. small female, all the way to the 95th percentile, big guys, guys who are even bigger yeah, than we which are. which is really difficult. And mm -hmm. it, it is difficult. So I think that plays a lot, uh, you know, a lot into the part of that. But, uh, you know, the Z28 seats, the Camaro Z28 seats, I remember being pretty good, but they're pretty stripped mm -hmm. down. They're just thin padding. So it doesn't necessarily mean lots of comfortable, soft padding. It For me, it means a lot of stiff, firm support, and yeah, I, I like it's, that kind of it's the hold you, feeling. It's better. the hold you in place stuff without being brutal. I mean, to go the mm -hmm. other way, the Lotus Elise, I'm talking specifically 05 now because the seats changed in 06 and then kept getting refined from there. And later, later in the Elise line, I'll go all Elise geeky here for a minute. But, but here's the thing, the 05 Elise, which we drove on our Pacific Coast Highway piece, okay? The driving position in that car, once you finally do the kind of origami trick to get yourself in, the driving position is actually 
fantastic. You mean the break your the iliac crest and you know break your neck to get in to yeah. It, seriously, but once you're in and everything's settled, the driving position is just perfect. It's spectacular. I love it. However, those O5 seats are as basic as basic seats they're get. They're lawn chairs at best. They're and, beach chairs. Yeah, but I mean they're they're lawn chair they're lawn chair material it feels like <laughs> in a well-bolstered racing seat shape. So there are some that are so sparse they actually don't feel like enough, which is one of the reasons those seats kept changing. Now, you go on a back road, you drive that car hard, you don't care. You drive that car 50 miles across a city, you suddenly care a lot. So there is, it is, and that's the, the reverse of the Evo. Here are the seats, you want them to be better, but the driving position is awesome. Mm -hmm. So there's so many weird factors here. This is obviously, look, we've gone for more than 10 minutes on just seats. <laughs> there, there's obviously hey, no magic bullet here. Yeah, shocking, we can talk. Uh, but there's no magic bullet here. But to answer the question, to try to land the plane a little bit, we're looking for a seat that holds onto us. We're looking for a seat mm -hmm. that doesn't let us yeah. slide around because of the kind of driving that we do. And what's interesting is a really well-designed seat will, at least me personally, will hang on to me like that, and yet 100 miles later, I'm not uncomfortable. Yeah. And that is rare. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, MacGyver could have made better Lotus seats out of Band-Aids and paper clips, but... Unfortunately, that would date me, and uh, there I've just said it. So anyway, you've done it anyway. Um, you just had a MacGyver reference in the middle of our podcast. Can you believe in 2015. that? I, you know, if we could just rickroll the audience, we'd really hit it <laughs> all. But anyway, speaking speaking done. of the podcast, I, 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 I'm <laughs> you horrified anyway. you were going to go there too. You did anyway. It anyway. Uh, yeah. So anyway, since uh, you are listening to this podcast, I, this may not be the best time for me to bring this up because I'm going to ask you to rate the podcast, and right now you might rate it low. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, seriously, if you're listening. <laughs> If you're listening to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts, please keep rating. Thank you. I know we keep saying it, but we keep saying it because it keeps mattering. You guys are leaving comments that are fantastic. You're leaving ratings. You're, and that is not only you guys telling your friends, but then anonymously you're telling others. It puts us back in the top ten uh, for automotive podcasts. Little old us and... The podcast is steadily growing as you do it, and you are listening from around the world, so thank you, and please keep going. Yeah, which is great. And by the way, rate the podcast at the point where we make you laugh or you like something we said. If it bums you out about something we said, don't rate it at that point. Just keep listening. Maybe it'll get better. Don't rate it quite yet, and then we say something funny and then rate it. So that's uh, kind of what we need. You, right. don't think, you don't think right after MacGyver and Rick Rolled is the time to rate the podcast. I, <laughs> I think on. you're underestimating the enjoyment level of our audience. All right, We fine. can start quoting Monty Python and bring it back around. Should we do a car debate? Hey, that's what the show's called. How about that? Uh, We've got Brandon in Redmond, Washington. A car debate without German cars. Is, what am I going to do? Uh, yeah, well, you know, hey, I'm ch we're challenging Cradling you, my head so this my is the guy. Here. Brandon that drives by Park Place every day. And I will say, for all of the random sites Paul checks, Park Place is up there. He has teased me with uh, Lotus Elises for many years off of Park totally Place. Totally awesome. But, yes. Well, and there's, and there's cars invariably in their, in their lineup where Paul will show. He'll like, it's one of those things where he's like, look at this. Spin the com computer around. I'm like, now I want that car. I never wanted that car before. But now I'm looking at that <laughs> one. And I want it. That's sure. the kind of stuff they have. Now it's insane. I want that car. But, yeah. So Brandon is saying that his wife has a 2008 Impreza Outback Sport with about 100,000 miles. And it's fine. It, it's, it's worked perfectly well for her needs. But recently, while the car was in the shop, she had a rental 2015 Maxima. Dun, dun, and she dun. came home. Exactly. She came home and she said, Brandon, I want a larger car. Which left him scratching his head going, you liked the Subi this morning, and it's never been too small. What did I miss, honey? Which look how much I money I saved. Yes, I, I will acknowledge. I will acknowledge. This is this is a this is a mystery of marriage. You have those moments, and you both do it. I mean, I've done it to my wife, and she's done it to me. Where it's like one of you comes in one day and says something, and the other one goes, 
do I know you? What just happened in the last 10 minutes? But anyway, so so she, oh, she's funny. gotten intrigued by the Maxima. So Brandon is trying, and, and kudos to you, man. I applaud you for doing this. He is trying to figure out exactly what his wife is looking for in a car, and he's kind of come to us to help him. And she is not a car person. She doesn't want a stick shift. She's not wanting to be an enthusiast, but she's wanting a car she likes more. So she's trying to articulate what she liked about the Maxima. He's trying to glean what that means and find a car. And now he's run to us and gone, uh, guys, <clears throat> a little help here. So here's where we are. <laughs> Brandon, I love uh, point number three. It's hard to imagine a, a house with four cars. No, it's not, Brandon. That's just imagining awesomeness. That's a it is good thing. No, mm -hmm. I, um, I'm going to start, first of all, with a thought that I had reading through all this. I mean, this is long, and you've got a lot of great suggestions. Mm -hmm. And it's she's, detailed. she's really trying good. to, as you said, she's trying to detail her thoughts, but she's not articulating in such a way that a car person can really understand. So, Brandon, my first thought to you is, have you ever actually observed her drive? Not just sat there and ridden with her when she's driving you somewhere, but observe as if you're a driving instructor, not commenting, but just observe and just watch her mm -hmm. style and watch how she drives and how does she come up onto a corner? How does she break and come through corners and negotiate traffic and all those kinds of things and just observe and say, you know, here's what kind of driver I think you are, whatever that might be, and then try to rectify that against the car choices. And okay, so why do you like a big car? Oh, you know, I noticed you doing blank when you were driving. That might make you feel comfortable or a, a, a longer distance from the other cars or, you know, some, some little thing that you might notice about her to try to understand why she's telling you this. You know, it could be said, you know, we can argue this this point, but we've argued the fact that I think safe cars are the ones that can avoid the accident, where some smaller females feel mm -hmm. the safer cars have more metal around you, and therefore that's why females are attracted to the larger SUVs. And not and, and not high seating position dynamics. is a thing that, that, yeah, that suggests commanding thing. By the way, Brandon, uh, observing your wife and commenting, uh, depending upon your relationship, could be a fantastic idea or could be laced with landmines. So we well, will leave that saying, for you to I'm navigate. I'm not saying comment but, during the time. I'm just saying just yeah, notice. Just I know, sit back and notice. I know you're not. I know you're not. But I mean, to start I, I'm going to relate it. I'm going to relate it to snow skiing. Never teach your spouse to ski. So that, seriously, find find someone else, friends, random strangers, people on the street that can ski. These are the people that should teach your spouse to ski. Driving is kind of in that category. Maybe it'll get me okay. Maybe it'll be landmines. Why is it because she has I, poles I and she'll point. whack you on the head? But, but but the thing is, but the thing that I think you're touching on though is, and, and I think he's done this a bit, but I think I think what you need is is some live test drives with your wife where she needs to kind of stream of consciousness tell you what she's thinking in these cars. She's driving whatever it is. One of the cars you brought up here is you brought up an Infiniti G35, which I was going to say, drive that car. So I'm glad it's on your list. So so go drive that. And as she's driving around the block, if you have a salesman, tell him he must be muzzled. But, but yeah, have her drive around take, the block. Take, take. And as she's turning corners and as she's hitting the accelerator, just have her talk about, okay, so I'm liking this or I don't like this or whatever it is. Does she like the seating position? Is she? I mean, that's one of the things about, about my wife and I. We take totally different – watch our Cayenne piece. Totally different seating positions. But she wants to be up high in whatever car she's in. I mean, she – she takes the FRS seat and gets it as high as she can in the car. And then I get back in and take it as low as I can. So, I mean, sure. this is what we do. But there is that. But here's the thing. He, they want a sedan. They ideally want all-wheel drive. They don't have to have all-wheel drive, he acknowledges, but he prefers that for her. Obviously, we're not talking about any manual transmission. They're already looking at the uh, the old Lexus GS, the 2006 Lexus GS all-wheel drive. Which is a bigger car. The, the 07. Yeah. 
Yeah, the 07 IS uh, all-wheel drive um, and the Infiniti G35X, which, again, all-wheel drives. We're talking about sedans. He has said nothing German. He has said about twenty grand, and he's hoping for you know less than 70,000 miles. So it's an interesting group he's already brought up. Um, what I, what do you think? I've got a couple ideas here. What are you thinking for Brandon's wife? I do th- I I do agree, you, Brandon. You're probably not going to want the the um, maintenance and repair costs of German cars. I get that. So, I I am stretching. And as a matter of fact, I came a- across a car that my parents used to own that they really liked, okay. and it was a left okay. turn for them. They didn't expect to like it. My mom didn't expect to like it, and she ended up loving it. And that is the Volvo S80. I've never recommended that car mm. before because mm. it's, yeah. again, it was one of those things, a car my mom really liked. And for my dad, it was one of those cars where when he was on a business trip, he could pull up and still be driving a nice car, but his clients wouldn't think, oh, I'm paying my insurance guy too much. You know, look at the Mercedes or the BMWs sure, driving. Sure, sure. It didn't say that, but it offered that level of luxury that, Brandon, you said your wife is looking for here. She's mm-hmm, looking for mm-hmm. You know the nice comfort conveniences that we like in our cars now, along with all the tech. But yeah, yeah, the, she there, wants that for sure. There is, uh, you know, a level of comfort and convenience that you know we're all getting used to, which is great. And I think this car is something to consider. And so I went shopping for mm. you and found a 2012 okay. Volvo S80 3.2 V6, 31,000 really? miles for 20 okay. grand. And now Interesting. You, you can get this front wheel drive, you can get them all wheel drive, they're well built. And of course, you mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. hammer all day long on Volvo safety if that's a, an appeal for her or you. But I think this is a car you've got to at least drive because the dynamics are, are going to be different than a Japanese car. They really yeah, are. Yeah. The, the perceptions well, and, and the way the Swedes have set this up and the, the you've walked us styles. back to our you've walked us back to our seats discussion because Volvo I would say Volvo yeah. BMW and Porsche consistently make some of the best seats not that you've talked about seats Brandon but we were rambling for a while so I thought I'd bring it back around <laughs> that's called synergy folks moving on but no I, I, I like I like the Volvo thing oh, that, that is funny. that is a real left turn I agree with you but if you can get that in all wheel drive I do like that he also brought up here should he look at a CTS all wheel drive I would say if she likes the look of the CTS because I feel like the CTS, well, the Cadillac styling in general is either you really mm-hmm. like it or you really don't. If she likes it, I think, yes, look at that car. It is a better car than you probably think it is dynamic-wise. But, you know, she has been drawn to kind of the Lexus lightweight steering feel and convenience and tech and a lot of the stuff where Brandon as a car guy is going, I don't care about any of that. But this is the car for her. Mm-hmm. So I thought of yeah. one that I feel like might connect the dots here. Okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm tentative to call it a sniper shot, but I feel like it does everything we're talking about. We're talking about twenty grand. We're talking about reliable, not a German car, good luxury, somewhat interesting to drive, a larger car with a different feel than the Outback. And I'm going to sidestep for a second. I'm wondering, I'm wondering out loud here, Brandon, if part of what she liked in that Maxima is the difference between more powerful front-wheel drive than her lower powerful all-wheel drive. Because that Maxima, there is a very distinctive different feel in a front-wheel drive car with power, a power sedan. If you get in a base Impreza and then you get in a Honda Accord, the Accord in many ways, with the way the steering feels, especially on initial turn-in, feels lighter because it doesn't have all that all-wheel drive running gear. And that Accord versus a base Impreza feels more powerful. I'm wondering if that works its way into this here. I'm just, I'm just theorizing. But you're delaying but, the inevitable. Go ahead and tell us. Hurry up and yes. tell us. An Acura TL. 
A TL. You can get huh? the super han- the super handling all wheel drive. You can get that all wheel drive system. They have really good looking interiors. They're reliable. They you know they they don't hang on to their value very well. What year? Because are you everybody they're. I say as recent as you can go. I mean, I will acknowledge that the great-looking ones were 03 to 08. And after that, they got that kind of chrome beak on the front, and they aren't as attractive anymore. I'm the first to acknowledge that. But they are good to drive. And, you know, you may get into a love-it-or-hate-it kind of world here. But if you, if you don't like the TL, you could look at the TSX. You could look at the RL, which is the even bigger one. But I feel like there may be a sweet spot with Acura. But I'm going to stay with the TL. The TL could be good. I think the TSX is going to be too small for what she's looking at. If she's coming out the, uh, of the Subaru, coming out of that car and liking the Maxima, the Maxima does feel a lot bigger. And yeah. I, I think you're right. It's the, probably the CVT, but sort of geared, quote unquote, in a way to make it snappy acceleration. So I love like the Maxima's got some that. decent power too. Yeah, it, it's got a lot of power. It's 260 or something, maybe more. It's close to 300. It's close to 300. Yeah, yeah, with the front wheels with a CVT. I mean, this is not a good recipe on paper, but from a just snappy acceleration and turn in perspective, if you come mm. out of a an all-wheel drive, low-powered car, I bet you that would feel quite surprising to you. And again, they're driving Lexuses and Infinities, and they've, they've gone, you've gone the right route, Brandon, but I, I do. I, I say Acura is the forgotten brand here. Go drive those cars. Yeah, it's it's Japanese. She could still really like that. It could have a light feel. She I think could so. really like that. All-wheel drive and everything. I'm going to suggest another one, and it popped okay. in my head because it's a bigger car and because, again, we're... We're always seeing these and going, hmm, value for money, value for money. And that is the okay. Hyundai Genesis sedan. It's a bigger car. It's a yeah. lot, lot, lot bigger car than the Maxima. Significantly bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm just thinking value for money. It's not going to check the boxes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the Volvo does or the Acura TL does. It's not going to be quite as, I think, precise in meeting your needs. But it might be something as a reference because it's something totally mm-hmm. different. Front engine V6. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And I see it's what just you're something saying. to go. Go drive it just to, drive to get a go, frame of reference on it. Yeah, yeah. go, okay, huh. All right, so that's how that feels. That's how that drives. Okay, mm-hmm. now I can mm-hmm. articulate better. And now that I'm thinking about it, it, it might be a car that allows both of you to articulate why she likes something better or you know, why she's mm. attracted to something. You might hate the car. But if it helps you articulate why you do like something, then you'll feel better about your purchase. Then you'll know what well, that one And those Genesis like. sedans, like they're, they're, a, they're a lot of value for money. You make a very good point on that. There's a lot going on in that car. That is a genuinely big car. You're right. It's it a makes, big car. It makes the Maxima start to look small, but it might be an interesting <laughs> yeah. reference point. Yeah, I take, I take your point there. There's Just, a good, as we talk like about it. a lot, there's a good drive lots of things part in that that I, that I do yeah. like. All right, well, Brandon, we've been all over the map, but hopefully we've beat on that enough that we've been somewhat helpful. Keep us informed about uh, where you guys are headed or where you, what you end up with. And we actually have our next show is going to be all about some of the what did they buy kind of conversations. We're going to cover that in our next podcast. So uh, hopefully you guys can be in a future one, Brandon. Hey, I actually, we haven't done this in a while. I want to talk about Patreon for a minute. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash everydaydriver. And that is a place where you can actually be kind of on the inside of this show. You get early releases to our releases. You hear what we're doing before we're telling other people. We're sending out high-resolution photos every month. In fact, that reminds me, I need to do a bunch of those. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. but, but we, have, we, have a new, we have a new patron on there right now, an actual another web show called Roads Untraveled, based out of Canada. 
And they have actually decided to support us at a very high level. So thank you to the guys at Road on, Roads Untraveled. They also work to try to do videos. And they know how hard this is. Yeah, and they've they decided really to come in at a high level to help us do more. Yeah. It, as Todd said, it gets you insider access to what we're doing. You're hearing from us more, and you kind of know what's coming out. So huge thanks to Marcus and all the guys at Roads Untraveled. So visit patreon.com slash everyday driver, and you can help contribute there. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, you know, all your Patreon dollars, that goes right back into production for the show. I mean, Marcus and the Roads on Travel guys, they understand that's exactly what we're doing with it. We're trying to go more places to actually do more fast blasts in more cities, and that's where that Patreon money goes. So definitely consider that, and thank you guys. We should move on to car debate number two. Mm. Is uh, Jordan in Toronto, and uh, and this one, I'm, I'm, I'm not, don't want to say I'm stumped, but this is tough. This is very tough. This is tough. So Jordan is writing in for a friend of his, and uh, you know, I noticed Jordan, you might have to clear this up. He said uh, your friend is looking for his first car, but that doesn't mean, necessarily mean he's 16 or young. I mean, some people don't drive mm -hmm. until they're you know early yeah. 20s or even later. So. That's totally fine. I'm just trying to get a, a sense of, is this person a, a new driver or is it just a yeah, first a good car? Because that's those a good are question. very yeah, we different We just things. don't know. We just don't know. That's We're a not question. sure. But anyway, what, he's, what Jordan's friend is looking for is an everyday commuter car that's obviously going to have some fun to it. It's not going to make him just mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. completely boring. And, you know, I think, well, you know, most of everybody's first car has some sort of story because it was terrible handling or whatever, but mm -hmm. it's endearing because of the events and the life that you live in it, you know, the, all the stuff that you do in your life. It's endearing. So it almost kind of doesn't matter for your first car, but I get it. It does. It's got to be something fun. But the price, the, the budget that we're working with is 12000 Canadian. So I... Mm -hmm. I have not actually looked up the exchange rate for today's podcast, but I'm going to try to stick in the ten to 12,000 U.S., and hopefully we can find something in that range that will still be interesting, fun. And the stipulation that Jordan is saying, besides yep. no German yep. cars, which is <clears throat> <Yep>. tough, <laughs> sitting on my hands here, but yeah. his friend is saying no premium gas. And I, I get that because of uh, budget restrictions. I mean, heck, I put – premium gas in my Jeep Grand Cherokee and make that V8 burn because, through that stuff. You know, because that's you. That's, that's why me. you do that. And yes. I, I understand uh -huh. if not everybody wants to do that or can do that, and I, I totally get that. So no premium gas. So we can't recommend you know more precision performance cars that have just plummeted in price and suddenly now they're available at a good price, but they're still a performance car. You're still buying you know a, a performance machine mm -hmm. even though you're paying a lot less for it. We, we've got to take that in, into consideration. And so Jordan has recommended or actually suggested the Mazda Speed 3, Civic Si. He mentioned an Acura CSX, which I believe is uh, a Civic in the U.S., but the CSX mm -hmm. is not a car that we get um, that we get in the U.S. Of course, GTI, you know, a lot of the usual suspects, which I like. And I'm just I'm wondering what your uh, what your thoughts are here with, you know, taking all this into consideration and budget being a primary thing, but it's got to be fun. It's got to be a commuter. It's got to be kind of a do-it-all car that will yeah, fit yeah. the needs of first car. You and I have talked about our first cars a lot. Mm -hmm. Fit those kind of needs, and it's got to be manual transmission too, I forgot to mention. so. Yep. You know, I just literally, literally I, we started this discussion, started this discussion, and I was completely stumped. And as we're, you may hear clicking, as we're talking, Something about us talking made me think 
of a friend of the show named Matt and a car that he bought. Okay. And I actually think I may have gone from stumped to sniper shot in the last two minutes. Really? I'm I'm I, all I, ears. I think so. I am I am looking to make sure I'm not I'm not wrong on pricing. And here's what I'm concluding. Even, I'm concluding uh... I'm concluding that I am gonna if you're talking twelve thousand Canadian, I'm looking on, on Canadian Auto Trader right now. If if you're talking twelve thousand Canadian, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely blow through that whole budget. I'm gonna be at the upper end of that budget. But it is what I'm talking about is possible. Are you ready? I don't think I am, but go. I don't. I don't know if you are either. So, so we're talking about we're talking about pre uh, not no premium gas, but it's got to be somewhat fun to drive mm-hmm. and stick shift. Now that is a difficult combo. I am guessing since we're concerned about no premium gas, we're probably also even though it's not said a little bit concerned about miles per gallon to begin with. Sure. But we'd still like it to be fun. This is sure. this is a difficult thing. So where I landed is the Honda CRZ. I don't think I've ever recommended that car on the show before, but it does all of the above. Holy cow. That is a, thank you. That is a that Got is a niche here. upon niche car. I mean, it it's look, it's only it's only two seats, but it does get good gas mileage. It doesn't get great gas mileage, but it gets good gas mileage. I mean, watch our review of that car. I am I will acknowledge right now huh. it's not some amazing unbelievably fun car, but every time I drove it, it was more fun than I expected it to be. And because it does everything else you're talking about, stick shift, decent gas mileage, you can put regular in it, it is a hybrid, it's interesting looking, you don't see tons of them, it's interesting looking, honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna begin and end right there, because you've talked about some interesting stuff, Jordan, that you've recommended to your friend, I mean, the Mazda Speed 3, Civic Si, etc., I see the vein you're headed toward, so... But I'm trying to kind of t- pull away from that because a lot of those are going to require premium. So let's pull away from that. Yeah. And I'm going to go CRZ, and I'm just going to begin and end right there. That is a bomb. I like that a lot. And that actually made me think of the Hyundai Veloster too. Probably not the mm. turbo, but that was also – when you said a car that just kept surprising and, wow, fun to drive, mm. and there's a bit of surprise and delight in the driving dynamics here – it made me think of Hyundai Veloster, but I don't think it's nearly sure. as cool as a CRZ. I'm all about that car. I, I had so much fun tracking that thing um, uh, out at well, um, yeah, you had the Willow Springs. Yeah, you had the, the, the special. Willow. You had the special Honda Performance version. That's a fifty thousand oh, dollars car, well, which is yeah. insane. It was, but it was yeah, cool, I take your point. I take your point. Still, and you're just, and you're right. The the Veloster, the base Veloster. You know what? I I in spite of my sniper shot, I do like that recommendation. That, that is a car that actually something. has got usable back seats it will do regular i i don't know i'd have to look it up here what is the price of those in canada but you know what i like where you went there too that is interesting because the thing is once you get i want to talk to a second to you jordan once you get into the really hot stuff throw a turbo on it and that kind of thing most of the time not all the time most of the time you instantly are into premium so that's the difficulty so we kind of have to stay into the the less hot versions of things but, um, you know, the Veloster in, in base form is actually a surprisingly fun car. So, yeah, the Veloster, let's see. Let's see what uh, Veloster is running in Canada right now. Here I yeah, am click, clicky-clapping away again. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. That's but, fun. Um, but, yeah, uh, let's see here. I don't know. I can't do it fast enough. We'll leave that there, and hopefully you guys will look it up. But there's two completely random choices not on your list. I'm going to stay CRZ. I like Just because that I don't lot. see many. 
I don't see many, and they uh, and they're you know what they are they're interesting, cool little cars, and I honestly felt like they're such a niche car they're not going to survive long, and yet they keep selling a few of them. And I think the people that have them really like them. We have this, again, this friend of the show, Matt, that was really looking for enthusiast cars for a while. Matt landed on a CRZ, much to his surprise and ours, and he loves it. So, you know, shout out to you as well, Matt, because uh, without that story from you, I probably wouldn't have thought of that in this moment. But there you go, Jordan. I'm saying CRZ. Wow. I mean, if this keeps up like this, you know, our podcast could be re- reduced to about three or four minutes because we'll say, here's yep. uh, here's the person, here's the car, you're welcome, and uh, go buy it. We're just gonna, let us know when you bought we're gonna it. We're going to call out a name. We're going to call <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make the five minute version of the of the car debate. It's gonna be exactly. hi. I'm Todd. He's Paul. This is the car debate. This guy in this place wants this car. Bum done. And we're gonna call it. <laughs> and, you, and then it's gonna be and then it's gonna welcome. be thirty minutes of ads. And it's gonna be thirty <laughs> yeah. minutes of ads that no one will ever listen to. Exactly. Anyway. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, uh, speaking of thirty minutes, we're getting close to forty, and uh, seems like our regular yep. time now, which is kind of cool. But uh, it is. Yes. Thanks, guys, both of you, for writing in. And you know, this is a great podcast because you know we're. we're Shopping for, you know, friends of friends, and so if you mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you have ideas like that, we've had you know father in laws, we've had wives and mothers, and all kinds of stuff, and so it's actually challenging for us because you know yeah. we're just going on your descriptions, and it's it's kind of fun because you know it's how other people perceive that person, and so here's what she thinks she likes, but you know she really likes this or whatever that might be, so I, yeah. I, I like that. Uh, that perception. So keep it coming. We're we're happy to uh, to do this, and we're grinding through all the lists because you guys have been writing. So we've got a pretty good digital stack we've of got a car great, debates here. Great backlog. You can send <laughs> yours at everydaydrivertv at gmail. Otherwise, if you're looking for us, it is slash everydaydriver. That's Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, wherever, and of course our actual site is everydaydriver.com. We don't update that a ton, but if you are subscribed there, what happens is two things. One, we do have written articles that show up there uh, that go alongside most of our videos, especially our big videos have got a thousand words or so that uh, expand upon the video itself. So that is that is only available on our website. And generally, not by much, but generally, those website subscribers get a few-minute lead head start on the release of our YouTube videos by 10 or 15 minutes. So if you really want to be up there first, that is a good place to find it as well. But that's just everydaydriver.com. Of course, you can buy you can buy our films through there as well. If you ever wondered how to get to our films, everydaydriver.com will get you to both of them on either Vimeo or Amazon. And we still have a stack of those. And, of course, the digital world never runs out. So we'd love for you to be watching and rating those in addition to rating this podcast. Whew. We got through it. That's amazing. Thank you guys for listening and watching. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.